0: Welcome to another episode of Revolution Recap, part of the Believe Network, coming to you after the New England Revolution finished their three-game homestand with their third straight win, beating Toronto FC 2-1 at Gillette Stadium, behind goals from Bobby Wood and Giacomo Vrioni after falling behind early. The win, combined with losses by Cincinnati and Nashville, saw the Revolution leapfrog Nashville into second place and close the gap with first-place Cincinnati to seven points with a road game there next week on the Rev schedule. That'll be a good one. I'm Sean Donahue, joined today in person by Sam Mitten from the Blazing Musket. Sam, how's it going?
1: I am doing great, Sean. It is nice to do this in person instead of in my car. Uh, the Revs won, which was great. It was looking a bit nervy there, especially with the start. We'll definitely get into it, uh, but definitely happy to be back on the pod.
0: I'm sure people will appreciate the improved audio quality from not being in your car. Well, At least I hope I hope that comes through. I mean, I, I hope so,
1: too. I mean, you can only do so much when there's a bunch of Revs fans uh, behind you and you're just uh, laying down in your car begging for there not to be a horn or a random trash truck.
0: <laughs> I mean, it adds to the, to the ambiance, right?
1: I mean, you just got to get that beautiful Gillette Stadium ambiance into the podcast.
0: Well, a lot of good news for the revolution with a chance to move four points from first place next week in a big game against Cincinnati. Uh, But let's talk about this one. Before we jump into takeaways, I want to take a quick moment to mention our sponsor. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more, and soccer, of course. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action remember to use promo code believe for for 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that's b-l-e-a-v for your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts all right with that let's get right into our key takeaways brought to you by our friends at the rebellion supporters group be sure to check them out on twitter at any rebellion and at their website anyrebellion.org sam what's your key takeaway from this one
1: I mean it's the lovely up and down journey of Giacomo Veroni uh, gets finally gets some you know significant playing time 45 minutes obviously uh, came in for Gustavo Bo, definitely lots to talk about there uh, but just being able to get that goal you kind of see how much it meant to him you know that celebration obviously brought, brought out the Holland celebration again but just that immediate emotion with his teammates and it's really going to be interesting to see what Bruce Arena does at the striker position. Obviously, another great game for Bobby Wood with a goal and an assist. Uh, Gustavo Bowie, your DP, still a player you have to keep in mind of. And now you have Vironi being able to get the goal and looking to build upon this performance. So, it's a great problem to have, but Bruce Arena is going to have to figure out how to get a guy like Vironi consistent minutes instead of, you know, the occasional 10 or 15 so it'll be interesting to see what he does end up doing. But, you know, good game for Giacomo Veroni. Want to start seeing him scoring goals. He did also make a great run on that play. So I think he deserves credit there and just staying calm, you know, with some defenders around him. So definitely good to see. Hopefully, going to be heading in the right direction. And the Revs can m- maybe possibly get all three DPs on the field in the starting 11.
0: Yeah, it was a good finish by Vrioni, and he needed that goal. That's for sure the way the season has gone. It was also good to see him link up well with Bobby Wood. You know, the two of them, I think, have potential to be a good combination together. We've seen Bobby Wood build some chemistry with Gustavo Bo as the season's gone on. We saw some of that today, although there was one time where I think they made the same run and got in each other's way, which we've seen maybe a few too many times this season from all the rev strikers. Uh, But it was good to see the two of them especially combine on that goal. Uh, But Rioni, like I said, really needed that goal. It was a good performance from him. It was a good job off the bench. It sounded like Gustavo Bo was subbed off for precautionary measures uh, I, I was wondering why that sub took place. It was nice to see Vironi get on the field, but it was also surprising to see Bo come off. So uh, hopefully that is not another injury that we have to be worried about with this Revolution team.
1: Yeah, it was definitely interesting just, you know, obviously all of a sudden just seeing Vironi and trying to figure out who who, who was in, who was out. Uh, but according to Jeff FMU, it was a precautionary for muscle tightness. I know muscle tightness. I know Bruce was also asked about it afterwards and, you know, said the same thing. It was just precautionary, a little bit of muscle tightness. Uh, So hopefully it isn't something too big. I know, per usual, we had the random rev surprise of Noel Buck being completely absent from the matchday squad. So hopefully this isn't another, you know, potentially significant injury. Obviously there's been some injury concerns with someone like Gustavo Bow, especially getting up there in age. So it'll be interesting to see how long he could be out. Again, really important match against Cincy, so you're going to want him... Uh, but good that foroni was able to step in and be able to make an impact especially kind of right away i believe the goal was in like the 52nd minute so kudos to him for being able to come in come off the bench and make an impact
0: yeah that that was that was great for him to do that and great for his confidence and and much needed all around and you know you wonder where the minutes are going to come from going forward and unfortunately if Bo is out then there's an opening there for him to get more minutes and him to kind of lock on in that spot because we, we talked about it at halftime the the time to get Rioni integrated into this team and to give him minutes seemed to be when when Bo was out and that didn't happen last time they you know either played with one striker or gave out the door some minutes in some cases uh, I think if this was the case now and you know knock on wood you hope that Bo is not out but if Bo is out for you know just a game or two even now you have Rioni come in there and there's some confidence there and you can help build on that confidence and hopefully give Bruce more headaches when it comes Selecting the striker, which I think you know this goal will do, uh, but he probably needs to do more than that if if Bo is healthy to push himself into the starting lineup.
1: Yeah, and it, it always seems like of Bobby Wood, especially you know considering his age and just his overall career trajectory, it's almost just thinking of all right, well he's gonna fall apart, or right, he's gonna you know start going on a downward trend at some point, and he just continues to score goals, tied uh for the club golden boot race with Carlos Heel. So it's almost getting to the point where, where, where you know you have to be like, this is Bobby Wood, this is the Bobby Wood we're getting. So it just adds to those, uh, you know, selection woes that Bruce Arena has. He maybe you know a lot of ranch fans were thinking that Bobby Wood would be someone who comes off the bench, but he continues to score goals and you know it, it makes it really hard to take him out of the starting. Yeah, you,
0: you can't bench Bobby Wood the way he's playing the goal, the assist, and just the effort in the game. Uh, there was. Several plays that kind of stood out. One, one where he had you know a couple defenders on him, he managed to win the ball and kind of spring an attack. They didn't. I, I forget what happened in the where they didn't score, but there was a good chance that they maybe should have done better on. But just Bobby Wood all season, you can't question his effort and the fact that he's got seven goals, which is probably the, his third highest scoring season in his career or something. I remember looking him up before and he's had like two double digit maybe, maybe one double G goal scoring uh, season in his career. And he's well on pace for that this year, which would be way more than I think anyone expected out of him. So, you know, he's, he's, pretty much written into the starting lineup now and it's more of a question of who's going to play alongside of him um so when you talk about getting three dps on the field i don't know how you do that right now
1: <laughs> that is bruce arena's problem and not mine and i'm you know kind of happy I, I definitely do not envy him trying to get obviously though bruce uh he would consider them players not designated players so gotta make that key point uh but yeah definitely gonna be interesting to see what bruce arena does kind of moving forward
0: yeah and my takeaway from just one is just you know the revs are going to have some I think issues during the gold cup with the, the full back position. And I don't want to be too harsh on Ryan Spalding. It's his first game back, Uh, but you know, he saw the mistake he made on that, that goal that they gave up where he just allowed kind of his defender or the attacker to to just kind of walk around him and get in front of him for that header. He was in the better position and and just kind of didn't, didn't react quick enough to it. Maybe he thought Dave Romney or somebody else was going to get the header, but that that wasn't great. Um, And you know, he came into the game as it went on. I thought he got better, but I just don't think he's all that solid defensively, and maybe that'll change as as time goes on. I don't again, I don't want to be too harsh based on one game, but this was a concern of mine going into the season, was the Revs fullback depth, and it's still a concern of mine. I'm glad they recalled Ryan Spaulding because I think from what we've seen from, from Ben Sweat, I'd rather see Ryan Spaulding out there. Um and you know, Christian McCoon now is hurt from international play, but it's it's still a position of a lot of concern for me. And you know, even if Ryan Spaulding steps up and plays really well, which you know may, maybe he will going forward, the depth behind him and Brandon Byron right now if anyone were to go down as just a complete disaster. Uh, And and the only other thing I'll say, too, is I think Ryan Spaulding, from what we saw with Tampa Bay, he's very capable of offering a lot offensively. I'm not sure he gets that much of an opportunity to do that the way the revs are playing when Imo Boateng is in front of him. When Imo Boateng provides a lot of width, there was once or twice when he was able to overlap and, and do something dangerous. But I, my guess is the instructions were for him to stay back because a lot of times he did stay back and you know, Imo Boateng would have to pass back to him and didn't go forward. And it's it's different than what we see on the right wing with Brandon Bai in part because when Blessing's out on the right or when Carly's heel is kind of, Screaming over there. Neither of those are pure wingers or not really providing that width. So Brandon Bai is the one providing the width, and on the left, you don't see that. So I don't know that the Ima Boatang Ryan Spaulding combo allows Ryan Spaulding to get kind of the best out of him if you think that is going forward rather than defense. And I think there's still some questions about his defense.
1: Yeah, and I think especially, you know, the lack of height maybe was on display, especially going up for a Heather. But like like you said, I thought he did kind of, you know, get into the game, and especially. You know, it's his first week back uh, coming up from the USL championship that MLS that's a pr- pretty big leap, so uh, d- definitely kind of send some grace there. But o- overall, that first goal was definitely a little bit rough, and especially just considering the momentum in that first half of the g- you know, maybe first quarter of that first half, it uh, really seemed like Toronto was coming out and, you know, really putting the Revs under pressure. So good that the Rebs were able to bounce back, but it is going to be interesting to see. We saw Bruce Arena kind of look at a 3-5-2, but maybe with Spalding back, that's not something you want to do. You would also then need to probably start a guy like Omar Gonzalez, which not a lot of people are probably going to be a big fan of. Uh, so I, th- I think you're going to have to work with a guy like Spalding, and especially the Gold Cup. You know, hopefully the U.S. goes far. Uh If they do, that's going to mean you're going to be missing DeJuan Jones for quite some time, so it'll be interesting to see how the reps cope. But hopefully Spaulding will be able to get into his game. I think he definitely provides that attacking skill. You saw it with the Rowdies. He was playing more forward, kind of in more like a midfield position, almost like an Ima Boateng. So you kind of take that away when you have a guy like Boateng kind of paired with him. Uh, But overall, I think he did a a decent job, and you'll definitely be wanting more. But at least you were able to walk away the three points. Uh, Could have been a lot worse. But hopefully we see a bit more of an improvement from Spaulding in the games to come.
0: Yeah, I I think I, I guess we're not. I don't don't think we're gonna see much more of the kind of five three two, given who's hurt and given who's available now, uh, especially until McCoon comes back. I don't know. Do we do we have a sense of how long term that injury is, whether it's short term or what? I don't know. I don't know that we do. Have you heard anything? Yeah, I
1: asked Bruce about it, and I asked like, is it long term? You know, like concern level, all of like that. He said it, it isn't long term. They hope it's short term, and then he just ruled them out for this week. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, injuries in New England are very interesting things, so it can seem like it's going to be a short-term thing and a player's out for a month, but, uh, we'll wait and see, but especially without McCoon, you know, maybe you go to him at left-back, but I definitely haven't exactly been impressed with his play at left-back, you have the option to play in that 3-5-2 with Sterevs. you know, I've had some success in, but without a guy like McCune, you can't really play that position, so hopefully it isn't too long, but this is the res we're talking about. So injuries are a wonderful thing. Yeah,
0: who who knows? I, w- I wish we could get some transparency on that stuff, but
1: it, it's, I mean, <laughs> we, again, we had Nolbuck just completely disappear, and you know, uh, you know, saw him after the game, so he is in fact alive, but you know, wasn't on the in- player availability report. But hopefully we see him back next week. But it just seems like every week you can pencil in
0: just a random player just being out of the matchday squad. Yeah, you just never know which it's gonna be. <laughs> uh with that we do have a lot of questions before we jump into listener questions i want to take a minute to talk about the sponsor of this podcast glocko kits glocko kits is the go-to place to bring unique vintage jerseys to your home the passion for the beautiful game doesn't have borders, and neither does the selection. And if you head to Glockokits.com today, you can get 15% off your order using code REVSRECAP. That's REVSRECAP at checkout for 15% off your order at Glockokits.com. Uh, you talk about Dewan Jones hopefully having a long time with the U.S. I, we're a bit distracted at the moment because the U.S. is playing Jamaican, currently losing 1-0, which isn't, isn't a great sign for the, uh, the start of their Gold Cup. But not to get off topic. but I mean, you have Matt Turner. You should
1: be winning this game, guys.
0: I mean, they they would be down 2 nothing without Matt Turner because you said the penalty kick. Captain so. Matt Turner. Happy birthday, Matt Turner. <laughs> Anyways, back to the, the Revs game. Steve McGrogan on Twitter says, is Bo okay? Uh, I guess we don't really know the answer to that. It was precautionary. So we think he's okay, and it was hopefully just something that... Um, he'll be fine this week and be back in training but you never know as we said right
1: I mean he's breathing oxygen he's alive (laughs) so I can give you that Uh, but yeah it'll be interesting to see when that player availability report comes out obviously keep an eye on uh, the training scenes uh, but hopefully it is just precautionary and we get to see him back playing soon because especially coming up in the summer transfer window if you were to lose a DP you already lost Dylan Barrero Uh, might hamstring things a little bit in terms of what you want to do. So hopefully it isn't too long of an absence for him.
0: And Steve also says, we need more Veroni, which I think you'd probably agree with based on your takeaway. Uh, And also got to love Wood Doubted him hard, but he's been wonderful. I, w- I would agree with that.
1: Yeah, no, nah, definitely exceeded my expectations. You know, did not expect him to be leading our in the race for the club Golden Boots. So far, exceeded my expectations. Bruce Arena masterclass in terms of that acquisition. Also, shout out Dave Romney, who's been, you know, great for the refs as well, too. Uh, but I think you have to somehow get Brioni. Obviously, Bruce doesn't he just likes to view them as players, but you have a designated player just sitting on your bench and you could possibly utilize that apps uh that spot a lot better. Uh so you need to find a way to get i would say Gustavo Bo, obviously when healthy uh Giacomo Veroni and Carlos Hill all on the field together to have a dp come off the bench or to be a bench piece doesn't really make any sense unless you know maybe uh MLS is going to add four dps but We'll see what happens there. Uh,
0: Even then, I don't think it makes sense. (laughs) Yeah,
1: so overall, you have to find a way to get Brioni, and I think you have to get him minutes. You can't just let him have this performance then go back to getting 10 or 15 minutes. He needs to be able to get the opportunity to build off it. Ideally, I would say, in the starting 11, it is obviously tough with Bobby Wood, and I don't think you should bench him. Maybe you can somehow change the formation, uh, have a guy like Bo go out wide, but he hasn't been as successful out wide. Bruce Arena is going to have to somehow make all these puzzle pieces go together, and I don't know if he'll be able to do that.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Now, I, I agree with you. I think you got to find a way to get your three DPs on the field. I'm just not sure how that happens. But I, I think that is up to Bruce Arena. And when you were going out to sign Giacomo Rioni, I've said this before, you had, you had to have in mind a way to get all three of them on the field. Bobby Woods put kind of a wrinkle in that because he's played so well. Um, but at some point, you got to try it at least. Of course, if Gustavo is out, that solves that problem for now. But at some point, you gotta you gotta figure that out. Uh, We got a lot of questions about substitutions in this game. We'll kind of run through all of them. Um, A lot of people were concerned about the use of only two subs. Eddie on Twitter said, "Only two subs tonight." Really feel like this team has a starting eleven to win a cup, but needs the depth. Mike D on Twitter said, we look tired and slow to the ball the last 20 to 30 minutes to get only the one Omar sub. Does Bruce not value his current depth? Teal Forever on Twitter said, only two subs used, and it felt like they needed more to finish it out. But I honestly don't know who would have gone in. Any suggestions? John Pilkington asked if there's any concern about only using the two subs. Uh, and Cody Hall says Cody Hall on Twitter says, Bruce refuses to make subs late game, even when it is apparent to everyone. Half the team is gassed. Why? All right, so what do you make of only two subs being used? Why do you think that happened? And if it was up to you, who else would you put on the field, if anyone?
1: Well, I can do you one better, Sean. I can tell you what Bruce Arena thinks about it because uh, uh, Tommy Quinlan uh, did ask him about the lack of substitutions. And Bruce uh, replied, we were winning the game and we're missing a lot of players. We don't have the right uh, players available to close out a game. I believe Tom then asked if you could do like acquired death uh, in the transfer window. And he said, that's not the transfer window. That's the players we have in our roster. They get healthy. Then those things take care of themselves. I mean, if I want to try and speculate, it sounds like maybe we could have seen a Christian McCoon come into this game if he was healthy. Uh, but, you know, we did see Omar come into the game, I think, if you're looking to shut down a game, uh, especially the roster you have. Bringing Omar in is perfectly fine. I think he's done, a, you know, he's done his job when called upon. Obviously you then had Vrioni come in for Bo, that was pretty much due to injury, but I would like to think that we would have saw uh Vrioni at some point. And was that's only subs, right? I just want to make sure I'm not right. forgetting That's it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I mean maybe you get one of the kids playing, uh, you know, whether that be an Esmer Baratarovich, maybe you Rest Guy, uh like Latif Blessing or, you know, maybe Matt Polster, but that would probably require a roster change and A guy like Nacho Heal, he would probably be a death piece. Same with Tommy McNamara. Again, he could have replaced Polster that you could utilize, but there is a point to be made in the fact that Ben Sweat has not been great, and the fact that Bruce Arena, even very short-handed, didn't call upon him, didn't want to give him any minutes, isn't exactly great. I think Justin Rennick's a good player, but he seems to really bring energy and kind of, you know, a high work rate off of the bench you know he has scored goals on occasion but I don't think if you're down a goal you're going to be calling upon Justin Renick's. so it really comes down to playing the kids I mean you have a Damian Rivera coming off international duty of Costa Rica if you want to give a veteran like Ima Boateng a rest maybe you call upon him and then it's Jack Peniotto, still a young uh, player but if you want to continue to give him minutes have him gain experience uh he'd be something to look upon but i think this because the revs had a pretty close game you're not going to do that so maybe the only sub i would probably make would probably be possibly getting a guy like esmir on but besides that i i don't really see who would bruce would bring on and maybe that's a testament to his decision to bring in ben Sweat not being great and that the revs are lacking so maybe you could improve depth there but it did seem like the revs were exhausted and could use some energy. So maybe whether it be uh, Esmir Barrtarovich, a uh, Justin Renix, you know Damian Rivera, maybe that could at least you know up the energy levels of the team. But Bruce does have a point that there isn't exactly a lot there.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that if there was one sub I might've considered making, it might've been Justin Renix for Ima Boateng, just because you know, the hustle Renix provides, you know, he's going to you know, get up and down the field and his fresh legs could help. I I think you want to keep Carly's heel on there, just to have kind of that chance to, to get something going forward. You know, I, I you know, obviously, Veroni. You kept on there. You don't not subbing him off. You need one striker out there. I don't. I just don't know who else you take out with who's on the bench because you mentioned the the kids. I, I you know I, I want to see more from Jack Pino too. I definitely do. I, I don't know if this is the situation I wanted to see him in, uh, getting those minutes. I want to see Esmer get more minutes. I don't know that this is the situation to do that. I don't. I don't know that defensively he necessarily is, is the guy you bring on when you have a lead. Uh, Damian Rivera. I I don't necessarily think he's a guy you bring on when you have a lead so you got Omar Gonzalez who went onto the field late and I'm I'm happy with the timing of when he went on I wouldn't have brought him on sooner I don't I don't like kind of bunkering until you get really late in the game so for me the one point that you bring up that I really agree with is, is Ben Sweat is in an ideal world you bring on Ben Sweat for for um Ima Boateng, probably. You move up Ryan Spalding or you bring him on for Ryan Spaulding depending on what you feel like, but you, you move Ryan Spaulding forward. We've seen him play a lot on the wing. In theory, he can provide a little bit better defense than Ima Boateng and then you have Ben Sweat back there to really lock up the defense, but I don't think either of us have seen enough from Ben Sweat to think he's that guy or to trust him in that situation. So I think that's the that's the one problem you look at this bench, and I can give Bruce Arena a lot of excuses for the injuries he has. I think the guys you listed, if you know Tommy McNamara was healthy, he's probably a guy that you bring on to help lock down this you know the defense late. I just don't know that there's anybody on this bench that you really trust other than who you brought on, and that's when it gets back to you know Ben Sweat. Is if they had a better fullback on this bench that Bruce Arena trusted. You know that's a situation where you could use them, and I, I think that goes beyond injuries too. Because even if this team is is fully healthy, they don't have enough depth at fullback in, in my view. So that's that's one area where I'll knock them on. I'll give them a pass, kind of on everything else because because of how many injuries they have, and because I I agree that there wasn't enough on this bench to make me want to put in another sub. Um. So I you know I, I don't know. I, I agree with kind of Bruce Arena's take on this one, with the exception that they should have had a better option than than Ben Sweat. If Ben Sweat's not you know, good enough to come in in this situation, then he probably wasn't the right choice to add to the team.
1: Yeah, and you also, too, want to mention you have Joshua Boehm on the bench, but, you know, limited playing time, whether it be the Open Cup or, you know, with Revs 2, I don't think he's exactly, you know, stood out. So I, th- I think it is really telling when you have guys like Renick and Rivera who are on the bench. You're kind of looking to see where they are at in their careers. For me, it really seems like a time where you have to ponder, Justin Renick's and what his role or what his future on this team could look like. I would even say the same of a guy like Damian Rivera. Obviously, he's coming up with the Costa, Rica, Costa Rican national team, but he hasn't really been able to make a huge impact with the revolution. And when you have a game like this where you're not able to make any subs, if you either through health or through possibly acquiring deaf pieces, maybe you'd be able to make those changes and have a little bit more flexibility. Uh, so, it's going to be interesting to see how this club handles the Gold Cup because, again, hopefully the U.S. goes far and uh, Dewan Jones is going to be out for a while, and we don't know about Christian McCoon. Uh, but I definitely think through that and also the Leeds Cup, this club's death is going to be tested. And we're kind of going to see if there might need to be some moves, uh, you know, whether it be death or, you know, maybe even to the starting 11. And just also, too, if some guys could possibly. Uh, be looking maybe towards the end just in the fact that they have to kind of show that they're worthy of a roster spot
0: and you mentioned Josh Bulma I just want to talk about him for a second because some people had higher expectations for him because the Revs traded up in the draft to get him we haven't seen him play a first team minute in MLS action this year and this was a game where maybe if he had shown more you know, maybe you use him in this game he's a you know fast player that you know in theory can possibly play at fullback and play in midfield is it at all, are you at all concerned that we haven't seen him yet in MLS action? Are you still 21? T- but At the same time, that's, you know, three three or four years older than some some of the guys that are playing for the Reds at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's weird with the whole draft versus, you know, someone like Jack P or whoever coming up through the homegrown program. I mean, the super draft's really weird. Like, we haven't really gotten to see, you know, Jacob's action. Uh I'm thinking of Ben Ravino, who's out on loan. So I think it definitely can be very volatile, the MLS Super Draft. So I wouldn't be too concerned. It would definitely be great if we would be able to see him play. But he hasn't exactly you know, shown that he might be deserving of these MLS minutes. So I think you want to see him build his game, especially with Revs 2. And then maybe that next season could be when he kind of makes a jump and we start seeing some MLS minutes. So it could definitely be tough, especially when you have Noel Buck, uh you know constantly featuring in the starting 11 uh but especially whether it be volma Baratarovich, Penioto, peyton miller coming up with the first team you gotta you gotta have some patience especially with the younger players
0: and josh glade on twitter says will i ever not be biting my nails at the end of a revs win
1: (laughs) ah trust me i was there with you i was nervous Uh, i was gonna have to completely uh refix my recap uh but yeah It is good to see, compared to 2022, they are not blowing these games, and especially on occasions, you know, they're tied and they're able to pull out the wins, but it definitely can be tough, especially shorthanded. I know there's still some Omar PTSD, but, again, I think he's done a pretty decent job when called upon, Uh, but it was definitely nerve-wracking, that goal. I was very concerned that uh, it was on sides. Uh, Luckily, it was not the offside flag with a rare W, especially after that Gustavo goal was taken away. But it can be nervous, whether it be team, uh, the Revs not starting off well, or sometimes not closing out well. It seems like this team kind of struggle to play the complete 90 minutes. And if you want to be an MLS contender, if you, uh, MLS Cup contender, if you want to go up against an FC Cincinnati, you have to play a complete 90 minutes. So that's still something this team needs to work on.
0: Yeah and and I think it's kind of their MO is that they play a lot of close games. They've had some multi-goal wins recently, but even back when they won the supporter shield, they everyone was talking about how many close games they had. So I, unfortunately I don't think I don't think it is going to be a common occurrence that you won't be biting your nails at the end of Revs wins uh d- disappointingly, but you know maybe when everyone's healthy and they have more depth and subs on the bench, they they might be able to close them out a bit better, but it just it seems to be Kind of been how the things have gone.
1: Bruce Arena would tell you that just goal uh, games are usually won by one goal.
0: That's probably what he would say. So that's soccer for you. Uh, all right. These next couple questions require some context first. If you haven't been paying attention this past, well, I guess just this weekend. Tommy Quinlan from New England Soccer Weekly uh, revealed that the or that his sources have said that the Revolution have been interested in Victor Wanyama in the past, and they are still currently interested in him, and potentially talking to Montreal about a trade to bring him in. So I guess before before I dump into these questions, what are, what are your thoughts on the potential of bringing Victor Wanyama in? And we should note that he's currently a designated player, and it, uh, I think his salary is too high to be bought down. I'm not certain of that. So I, don't, I mean that's a kind of a a pretty important factor to, to figure out how to make how to make this works but kind of, I guess kind of ignoring that do you think he's the, the right if the revs did have the space to bring in that type of salary is is that who you'd be going after or that type of player who you'd be going after do you think this move would make sense for the revs yeah
1: I don't exactly know if I would want the revs focusing on kind of like a more defensive midfielder compared to obviously you're missing Dylan barrero looking at the wing. I think he can't really do anything at striker position as much as you want to, because Bobby Wood is playing good. Maybe if a guy like Gustavo Bo is, you know, dealing with some injuries, maybe that's something you have to worry about. Uh, but I think that wing position is going to be really important. Even Bo- Tang has been great, you know, has been able to step up. But I think if you really want to compete for an MLS Cup, you're going to need someone better there. Uh, But overall, I mean, Wanyama's a good player. I was kind of stunned of how young he is. I thought he was a lot older than he was. So even though he is 32, I will say that. Uh, But definitely a a real, uh, basically a tank in the midfield. So it would be interesting to see how how that would affect the revolution. Would that be, you know, a no buck possibly, you know, moving on? Would that be a young player kind of being swapped in a trade? You know, what does that mean for someone like Matt Polster? So there would be a lot of dominoes and, I think it would strengthen, you know, the midfield. But almost at what cost? Especially if you have a player like Noel Buck now going to the bench. We're seeing him develop; he's playing well. To just have him go to the bench would, I think, would be a pretty rough blow, rough card dealt to him. So I think it's interesting. I mean, the DP thing is definitely worth noting. I don't think they're gonna, you know, pull the plug on Giacomo Veroni. I might have been a little bit more uh, liable to say yes to that if uh, before the goal, but. I still think it'd be kind of a little too quick to do that. So that pretty much to me leaves Gustavo bow and obviously again injuries. Uh, but he seems like he really wants to stay in New England and obviously he does own a club, uh, back in Argentina. But it, it, i don't really get the impression that he's like itching to get back home and he seems to really build a life here and I believe there, you know, was the reports that he even you know, was working on getting a green card along with Carlos Heel. So it kind of leaves a question of, oh well, who's gonna you know be the odd man out, and it's obviously not gonna be Carlos Hill, but I didn't need to tell you that. Uh, so it it really adds a weird uh, aspect to it. You know, we'll be interested to see how it plays out,
0: and uh, and may- maybe Montreal can pick up some of the salary to make him not a DP or something. I, I mean, that would make it more another
1: Josie Eltdor esque uh, move. Yeah, I don't
0: know. I don't know how exactly that would work, but or if that would work. But I guess that's something people have thrown out there. I. I guess that would make more sense to then having to get rid of a DP, but
1: hopefully hopefully Tommy takes, hopefully uh, he is right. I mean, it would be a big move and uh, definitely would be Bruce arena and the revolution flashing some cash and kind of showing that they're, they're for real. They want to go for the cup and not just maybe be happy with what they have. They want to be able to be the best team to hopefully uh, bring that trophy to New England.
0: It would be, but I I agree with everything you said and that I, I don't, like the thought that you would do this and then bench Nolbuck Buck because Nolbuck Buck has been really good for this revolution team and these minutes are extremely important for his development and I think he's you know if the ref can hold on to him he's got a good long-term future here or they could sell him for a lot of money and benching him doesn't help with either of those things so if that's if that's what you're going to do here that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and I don't think you're benching Matt Polster, uh, unless you're tra- par- trading him as part of this trade. In which case, I don't like the trade as much. Um, so I, I, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily know that this is how I would spend the money if I, if I was the Revolution and I was making that decision. It seems like the wing would make more sense. And you mentioned Ima Boateng, and maybe he's not good enough to win a championship as your starting winger. Um, but it's not just Ima Boateng; it's they don't have a guy on the right, right? They're, they've got like, like today, Blessing was sometimes in the middle sometimes out wide and Carly's heel was sometimes drifting to the right when Blessing was in the middle it's it's very un, I mean it's working but it's very unbalanced the formation that they have right now because like I said earlier they're relying on Brandon Bye to provide the width on the right and then they're relying on Ima Boateng to provide the width on the left so you have your fullback on one side and your winger on the other side and then when DeWan Jones comes back and you're not playing that five-man back line and I think that's going to be interesting, too, how that works, because I talked earlier about how Ryan Spalding maybe couldn't be his best going forward because he's kind of occupying the same space as Ima Boateng. And, you know, Jones and Boateng have made it work for the most part this year, but I think at some point that might not be ideal either. So I guess there's a lot of just questions with the balance of this roster, and I'm not sure that that's the most important pressing need to spend all that money on. And I don't like the thought that Noel Buck gets benched and doesn't get a lot of minutes because of this move if, if it happens
1: yeah and i mean he's getting looks from you know the english you know youth system and the english fa he's getting looks from the u.s youth national team there was you know the kind of breaking down of being able to train with tottenham so there's clearly there's eyes on him and i mean especially with you know kind of like what the lineup we saw last night seemed or almost last night uh that you know we saw against uh I'm completely blanking. Toronto. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Jeez. Uh, Against Toronto, uh, you saw kind of more of like a diamond, you know, Latif Wesson kind of playing a little bit more uh, centrally. And that's kind of been the case, especially, you know, with these injuries, losing a guy like Dylan Barrero. But you definitely do need that presence and you know, I know at the end of the last season, you're seeing a guy like Nacho Hill. I don't think that maybe is your permanent solution. I think you do need someone to compliment eventually Dylan Barrero, but also to compliment Ima Boateng on that left side. So that would be where I would spend my money. But again, I'm not Bruce Arena. So we'll see what happens.
0: Well, on, on that note, Josh Clay also says Would the Revs adding Victor Onyama help me stop biting my nails at the end of the game? I
1: mean, I don't. I mean, he's great defensively. So maybe that would. And, you know, he's aerial. Pr- not an aerial presence, but he's a big guys, so he can kind of hopefully stop those set pieces and what what have you. But I think you're probably still going to be biting your nails because that's just soccer for you.
0: I think it would help certainly because if we talk about these guys, one of them goes on the bench, and then you have them to bring on, and you know he's a guy that can help break up attacks and everything. So I think I think it could help, but it just seems to be the revs' mo that you're going to be biting your nails.
1: Yeah, the revs love to make you bite your nails, so I would just I would just
0: kind of get used to it and kind of make that the expectation. Uh, we've got a kind of a conspiracy theory here although I'm I'm I did a bad job of copying and pasting this question so as we That almost <laughs> seems like a conspiracy right there. <laughs> yeah. so. I'm like I acid and I don't want it to be thought as me so I better I better pull this up quickly. Conspiracy.
1: Out. Oh, it's conspiracy <laughs> hour now.
0: Anyways, uh this one they're questioning about the timing of this when Yama news and in Bucks injury. Um, and questioning how concerned are you about the timeline, and do you think there's a likelihood that Buck's availability is in question for the rest of the season? I'll let you answer that as I remind myself who asked this question.
1: Yeah, I mean, personally, I saw no Buck appearing to walk fine uh, after the match, so I wouldn't be too concerned. I mean, it is funny to see it happen. I know Wanyamo's on the bench, Esmir was on the bench. So should we start worrying about that? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned I think, obviously, according to Tom's reports, uh, Wanyama has been someone that Bruce has been looking at. I don't think this is a short-term thing where he's like, I don't know, man, I think now we have to worry about Noel Buck. Uh, so as much as you know, people love the conspiracy, I think it was just a case of Noel Buck kind of picking up a knock or what have you, and him being the lovely uh, random absence from the Matsey squad. I wouldn't think of it too much. And I, I do think, especially with Noel Buck... If it's going to be a move for him, it's probably going to be, you know, overseas. And, you know, the Reds are going to be able to like make money off it compared to simply just trading him to Montreal, where they wouldn't be able to make as much uh, money. So, yeah, wouldn't buy into that conspiracy.
0: Yeah, I agree. And this was asked by Class Act on
1: Twitter a Class Act <laughs> with a Class Act conspiracy.
0: <laughs> so I'm glad I figured that out. Uh, Ryan Duplessis on Twitter, speaking of transfer, says Can we please keep Petrovic through the end of the year?
1: Uh, I mean, you might be able to keep him for the end of the year. I know, uh, I, I, I apologize. It was the Evening Standard who kind of reported that the Revs would be looking, or he, that Petrovic would be valued at around, I believe, 30 million pounds or thirty million million, one one or the other. Um, so obviously that would be a hefty price tag. I believe that would make him the most expensive transfer in MLS history. And that also Petrovic doesn't want to be a number two, kind of similar to Matt Turner in Arsenal, where he's behind Aaron Ramsdale, according to those reports in the Evening Standard, he would want to be a starter. And I think if you do want to be a starter, you would have to make that move uh, probably in this upcoming transfer window because you'd want to join up with the team uh, during preseason because, you know, MLS season does not line up with the European calendar, so that's lovely. Uh, There's definitely the possibility, but I think there's no way that we get to 2024 season and Petrofic is still here. You know, had some moments of pure distribution. That is something I've been keeping an eye on. It hasn't been exactly great, but his shot stopping ability is just absolutely insane. Had some just amazing pure shot stops uh, today. Uh, really kept the revs, you know, being able to get those three points. So teams are taking notice, whether it be, you know, the rumors of Manchester United, Liverpool, I think Chelsea was even mentioned. So the teams are sniffing around, and I think those offers are going to come around soon. So whether it be, you know... Just transfer window, or maybe you get that loan back and you get him for the rest of the season. You just got to prepare for 2024 that George A. is not going to be here.
0: Yeah, you, you make a key point though. If if his goal is to be a starter right away and not move in eventually, he's in. You know, he he needs to move probably the summer because it's one thing when you're Matt Turner and you're going to be a backup, and the team can wait to have you beat their backup. And Arsenal was certainly in a position to do that. They could wait six months. It didn't make that much of a difference. And, you know, expecting him to get more minutes the next season, even in Europa or wherever, wherever, whatever it may be. Uh, But when you're Georgi Petrovic, if you're looking to start, you got to go join them during the preseason and have the opportunity to break into that starting lineup and be with the team the whole year. Nobody's looking to sign a starter that joins them in the middle of their season. So I I think that's, that's a key point there. And if the revolution are actually looking for 30 million from them too, a team's going to want them to move right away. They're not going to be, you know, they're not going to look, unless they're looking for a, to sell him for a discount and keep him next for six months, I, I don't think that's going to work out that way. So I would like to think the revs find a way to keep him until the end of the season. But if he's set on being a starter right away on wherever he's going, I don't know that that six month loan back or waiting until January makes a lot of sense. So that'll be kind of an interesting thing there. Cause even with like John Buchanan, I don't know that he was necessarily looked at as someone that was going to instantly break into the starting 11. I mean, he did and played really well for when he moved over there, but um, I, don't, I don't know with that one, if, if Petrovic wants to start right away. And I don't know that he will if he's going to a Manchester United or a Liverpool. Maybe that, that those sites are too high to start right away. But if, if he really thinks he can, he's going to need to be there for the season.
1: Yeah, as a quasi-Manchester United fan, but I also disavow them after the whole ownership thing, uh, I would much rather prefer him to David De Gea. Uh, but maybe that's just me not liking David De Gea. But also, too, I think it is important that he is looking to break into that Serbian national team. They do have a strong group of goalkeepers, so I think getting that starting playing time you know, makes sense that it is very important to him, uh, but it definitely kind of limits what the revs can do in terms of keeping him.
0: And Will Farley on Twitter, you touched on this, but he says, what happens with Rioni, this transfer window? I've seen talks of bringing in a DP, and I'd imagine that he'd be the one to go. He put in a great shift. I think he needs a chance to actually run and play. I honestly – I like where we are, only player I'd consider as a winger, which goes back to what we were saying. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, when it comes to the DP situation, I think if you're going to move on from one, you know, in terms of just age and, Stuff. Basically, I would say because of the age, you'd want to move on from Gustavo Bo
0: And contract. He's only got six months left anyway. Yeah,
1: so it is going to be interesting to see what happens there. I mean, I don't imagine he's just going to be like, hey, I'll take a nice discount so you don't have to worry about me being a DP anymore. Uh, but I just think because of all that, you would expect him to be the one to move on. Obviously, Frioni hasn't performed like expected, has underperformed, but maybe this is finally... You know, we're seeing the light, and you know he's going to be able to turn the corner with this goal. It just seems like all of a sudden, a striker getting a goal can change everything and kind of change the momentum and trajectory of their season. So that m- might be helped by someone like Gustavo Bo moving on, but even then, I don't know. I think we could easily see the three DPs stay for the rest of the 2023 season, and then you kind of have to pick up the pieces uh, come preparation for 2024. But I, I would not expect... Rioni to be moved in the transfer window. I I would be I would say I'd be shocked if that happens, just because he is so young. He is kind of starting to find his form, and if he's able to get the playing time, he could be even better.
0: Yeah, I I agree with all that. I think with when it comes to Rioni, I would be shocked if he was moved this winter. This window, I think when you talk about Gustavo Bo. I don't think he's going to be moved either, but that would make a lot more sense. And the only thing I can think of there is he does have six months left on his contract. I don't think the Revs are going to re-sign him. If they did, I think it would have to be a situation where he took TAM money instead of DP money. I don't know that he's willing to do that. There's been some talks of him going back to Argentina to play for for Racing. If if that were to happen, maybe it makes sense for him to join them in you know July or August instead of in January, um, like we're talking about with Petrovic. But uh, I don't. I, I still don't think that's going to happen. But that I could see as a more likely scenario than Rioni. I still think if the Rebs were to bring in Wanyama. It would probably be a situation where they found a way to make him not be a designated player one way or another. I I don't, again, I don't know exactly how that would work, but I I feel like that's probably what would need to happen.
1: I mean, Bruce Arena is Bruce Arena. He's going to somehow find a way way to get, uh, if anyone knows the rules to get around it, it would probably be him. So uh, if he's able to work that magic, maybe we get, you know, those three DPs as well as Victor Waniyama somehow on the roster.
0: Uh, And Cody Hall on Twitter says, will this finally mean Rioni gets a start on July 8th? I don't, I don't know why we're saying July 8th and not next weekend. but
1: maybe, maybe we're looking for home games. I don't know if that is a home game. Uh, just thinking off it now. but Or maybe they're just saying because FC Cincy is going to be a very big game. You don't start him. I don't know. But I would have loved to see Giacomo Veroni and he get a start against FC Cincy. Obviously, they're a bit shorthanded. Don't have Matt Miazga. I don't believe Yerson Mascara was in the day squad so i think he might be on international duty
0: and they got a red card to another center back today uh, yes. ian murphy so they're, so they're already a shorthanded
1: on uh, the back line so you know you might want to take it with a grain of salt if he is able to light it up but i do think you need to build off this performance and it can't just be 10 or 15 minutes i would say ideally you know maybe it is almost similar situation to what we saw of gustavo bow today you give uh three 45 minutes or i would say hopefully more and then you bring on a Gustavo Bow, who hopefully is healthy, but maybe still needs to get rehab from whatever this muscle tightness is. But I, I would definitely say that I, I would like to see Vironi start. It's just how does Bruce Arena figure it all out, especially if Gustavo Bo is healthy.
0: And Cody also says, do you see Bo on his farewell tour with us? Because I do. Well,
1: I mean, I think we kind of touched upon it in terms of just getting towards the end of the deal and maybe the Revs looking to utilize that dp situation a little bit better i uh, it would still kind of shock me just i mean he's just kind of been a focal point of this team the last few years he's been able to be a key goal scorer and just almost turn it on in, in an instant but you know when it comes to owning a club in argentina there's always the racing rumors his age the contract coming to an end it's almost like we're starting to uh see all the signs that this could be it for gustavo bow new england
0: yeah, I've I've been saying that since the beginning of the year that I don't. I think this is his last year with the team. Um, I don't know that anything's changed in my mind about that recently, one way or the other. So I I I think this is his last year. So I I see this whole season as kind of his feral tour. If you're saying. A farewell tour is in when this is his last few games. I don't think that's the case, but I do think this is his last season with the Rebs. I just don't think it makes sense for either party to bring him back next year, either for the discount that would make sense for the Revs, or for the Revs to give him a, another year as a DP, none of that. and For either party, I don't think that makes sense. So, yeah, I see this as kind of a, I guess a, a, farewell, a farewell tour for him.
1: I mean, you know, maybe he just really loves New England, but if he was able to come back on less money, that would be quite shocking
0: uh eddie on twitter says how good all three have looked with how good how all three have looked lately is there a way to play Bo wood and rioni together we touched upon this how would you actually do it when would, would you have to put you Bo out on the wing would you do some sort of three striker system how 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 would that actually look
1: i mean it, it just seems like you're trying to jam everybody in and i think really the only way to jam all three of those guys right in is putting Gustavo Bo in the wing, which he isn't exactly the best. Obviously, we've mentioned his age plenty of times, so he's not you know the quickest guy. He has actually shown you know some little quick uh, twitch abilities uh, since coming back from that original injury, uh, but I don't think it's his best. I think he's better served kind of in that traditional striker role. Brioni, I wouldn't want to put out on the wing, and obviously, Bobby Wood is not a winger. Uh, you know, he's definitely your more prototypical hold up physical striker. So, I think if you want, you would have someone like Brioni and uh, Bobby Wood, kind of that typical striker, and then you'd have Gustavo Bow on the wing. Now, is that best for the team? I don't exactly know that, but if you want to get all three strikers, all three DPs on the field, that's what you're going to have to do, and maybe. Someone like Ima Boateng or, you know, maybe occasionally the Latif Blessing or a youngster like Noel Buck uh, is forced to the bench because of that. But I think that's really the only way you're going to get all three DPs on the field.
0: Yeah, unless you played some sort of really aggressive four-three-three, 3 where, like, your three strikers are all strikers and not really wingers, which, I mean, maybe. But I think, I think you're right. I think you'd have to do that, and I don't know that that's what's best for the Revs.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I don't exactly know if I want to see a four three three, especially because we've seen the revs get caught out and in trans- transition. So if you're able to still keep someone like Matt Polster back, uh, obviously that would kind of make it make it interesting to see how Carlos Hill would operate in a four three three. So I think you really have to go to the, that that playing Gustavo in the wing and just hoping that he's able to make some magic happen. Yeah, you'd need. You'd,
0: I don't. I don't. I don't know how it would work. <laughs> but, I mean, Bruce Arena
1: again. Very fun time to be him, trying to figure out what to do with all these strikers.
0: I mean, in some in some cases, the injuries have made it easier for him to make decisions. So, uh, again, with with Bo being taken out as a precaution, hopefully that's not the case here, but it could be. <laughs> uh, John Pilkington says the game was sloppy stakes, but a fun one. Is Bobby Wood the biggest signing in MLS this year?
1: You definitely slop. The revs definitely slop him up uh, early on. I mean, I don't know if I want to go as far as saying Bobby Wood is the best. Maybe the most under the radar or underrated. Because, again, did not expect him to be doing this well. I think I remember on this very podcast, any revs UK had a bull take of him leading be leading the revs in goals. And I said there was basically no way that was happening. And here we are. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know if the best. I uh, would be the case, I don't know, there's this guy Lionel Messi, coming to the MLS, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, but I'd definitely say maybe, under the radar, underrated, he's definitely up there, because I mean, three games with a goal and assist, which is uh, the most in MLS right now, leading the club's golden boot race, that's definitely quite impressive, and I would say far exceeding expectations that I would say a majority of people had for him uh, coming into the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with all that. I think definitely as far as underrated signings, under-the-radar signings, definitely as far as best signings, I wouldn't go that far. Um, but he certainly has exceeded all of my expectations for him and done phenomenally well. And it was a great signing by Bruce Arena and one that didn't require any resources as a free agent signing. So all, all around, it worked out really well for the Revolution to bring him in and uh, at a reasonable salary too. So all, all of that makes it a really good signing, but best signing is probably a, a step too far.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a major caveat, but when it comes to inter-MLS moves, Bruce Arena is pretty good. That caveat being Josie Altador and kind of Omar Gonzalez. Uh, but besides that, Bruce has been able to bring guys like Dave Romney, Ema Boateng, obviously Bobby Wood as well, too. So he's been able to really hit on those inter-MLS deals uh, for well, me,
0: maybe we should include uh, Ismael Jory Shroudi and the uh, failed interim loss. Yeah, <laughs> that's man, I
1: almost robbed <laughs> the entire ITS era. It's um, easy to forget. Yeah, but you know, there's definitely some interesting. If you go back, uh, the international ones, shout out Christian Mafla, Alexander Bootner, who was a little bit better, but still uh, lots of uh, international guys who uh, were interesting moves by Bruce Arena.
0: Charles Maddox asked, Who was your man of the match? He said, Silly giveaway is the only thing I really feel like I can critique, other than that, a solid performance. That's a tough question, who the man of the match was. I think. Uh,
1: it really is. You go a lot of different ways. Uh, for me, I would probably, I don't know. Maybe it's because I know I'm going to be writing about him later. I'd say Bobby would. Uh, but I think Carlos, he also a really underrated match as well, too. So I'll mention him because we haven't really talked a lot about him. He just continues to show he's an absolute magician on the ball. I believe he's now got 100 gold contributions uh, with the Revolution in his career. So he just continues to rack up goal contributions, especially this season. We've seen him shoot more, but his passing and overall skill was on display today. So I'll give Carlos Hill some love. I'll give him my man of the match, even though Bobby Wood might actually be man of the match.
0: I, th- I think Bobby Wood would probably be my pick, but I think he'd go a lot of ways with the Carles as a great shout. Uh, Dave Romney had a big game. I think the, the Revolution could have been down 2-0 if not for his intervention on Bernadeschi there, which was which was huge. And he just had a solid game overall. Uh, so you could certainly put him in that equation. Um, yeah, I think those, th- those three guys would be probably the ones that would be at the top of my list, but I, I could make cases for any of them. But I, if I had to pick, I'd go with Bobby Wood.
1: Yeah, I mean, Dave Romney... Deserves all the appreciation, especially he mentioned it, uh, that stop on burner was very crucial. If you go up to nothing there, I don't know if the revs are able to climb back. You know, this seems great, but especially short DeJuan Jones, I don't know. So definitely big move there. And he's just overall always making the best plays, you know, making interceptions. So kudos to him. Uh, you know, definitely, again, a great Bruce Arena move. And I think he's probably, I, probably, he's been the best Revolution defender so far this season.
0: And speaking of guys that uh, the Revolution are not going to have to face next week, Brandon Vasquez just scored for the U.S. men's national team, an equalizer in the 88th minute.
1: That is some live but not live podcasting, folks.
0: <laughs> so there's some uh, there's some good news that might see DeJuan Jones' time in the Gold Cup last night, even though he's not playing.
1: Yeah, you know what? Uh, Greg Berhalter, but not Greg Berhalter, but for some reason you're not coaching this tournament. Uh, B.J. Callahan, give me some DeJuan Jones.
0: Teal Forever says, I can't remember who said this. I can't remember who said it either. But somebody on the podcast said that 10 points from the 10 games heading into Leeds Cup would be a good measure of success. What has allowed the Rebs to exceed that goal? It seems kind of a low goal to me. I, I hope I wasn't that, me that said that. But.
1: I, I feel like it was Greg, so we can just blame Greg. I mean, I just
0: still can't believe this homestand.
1: Uh, Rebs also just in general this season, uh, ten, 10 unbeaten uh, at home, which is a club record. So, for some reason, I know a lot of people like to talk trash about uh, Gillette Stadium. It has become a fortress. Uh, definitely, it was a great crowd there tonight. I mean, it it's really just comes down to the home field advantage. Maybe you call it the turf advantage. I know Bruce Arena was talking uh, to the broadcast crew, I believe, before the match or whenever. Just the usual standard you know, midweek availability with them, and he mentioned that... Not exactly would prefer not exactly great would prefer to play on grass, but you can kinda of use the turf to your advantage. Uh so it is definitely something that teams have to uh you know get around and work around. But I think really having a quality back line, obviously having someone like George A. Petrovic really makes it easier to eke out those games and especially when you have Bobby Wood scoring goals, Carlos Heel racking up goals. And, you know, now you have Giacomo Garoni coming in the form. really makes it easy to uh, be quite successful in front of your home fans.
0: Yeah, I think what's allowed them to do better than that is Gustavo Bo being healthy or getting healthy and, and performing, uh, Rioni now scoring, getting something out of their designated player striker, and Carlos Heel staying healthy because that's always well he he's had some injuries this season, but he's relatively been healthy this year, and that's always a question mark too. Is he's had a couple injuries this year that seemed like they were going to be longer term than they were. So all of those things have allowed the Revs to be successful, and then you know other players have have picked up where they can. Um, you know, Noel buck has obviously been really, really good this year when he's been healthy. Matt Polster had a good season. You know, Dave Romney has been fantastic. A lot of guys have performed really, really well this season. And then when you have Georgia Petrić and Net, you always have a chance because he saves just about everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all uh, it, again so many comparisons to Matt Turner, but it just seemed like whenever you had those two in Net, you would at least find a way to get some points. So. It makes life a lot easier when you have such a great goalkeeper in Georgia Petrovic. Yeah, right and
0: there. mentioning that, we should note uh, expected goals for this one, at least according to Footmob, everyone has different expected goal stats. It, anno- it annoys me that they're not consistent. But Footmob had Toronto as 0.8 expected goals and the Revs as 0.79. So this, this according to expected goals, it should have been a tie.
1: I mean, yeah, there was, there was a lot of, you know, nervy moments and kind of point blank saves from Petro. So I kind of get that, but definitely think the Revs are Actually, I will say that, Giacomo Veroni chance was quite interesting, but I'm glad he was able to get it.
0: Um, so we had a couple of late-breaking questions on Discord that we we're going to get in here. Uh, TSB11. One, well, first is just a comment. He said all three strikers scored pretty nice goals in this game. Well, uh, there was no no goal from Bo, but he. I wish. I mean, look at the game before. Um, that's not really a question. Thing to bring up. And i said, "How secure do you feel? Blessing spot is in the 11. It feels like weeks since he had a solid performance."
1: Yeah, I think it is really interesting. I would say it's quite secure. For me, this entire season, it's kind of been, will we see a guy like Nolbuk kind of replace a Matt Polster and continue to get more playing time? Obviously, I think just the veteran experience that someone like Polster brings is something that you want in your starting eleven, especially someone playing that kind of defensive midfielder role. Uh, but I do think Blessing needs to pick it up, obviously, since uh coming back from Ghana he's just been struggling to kind of find his form and find his game has occasional poor tuss, occasional turnover if we saw that again this week so I do think he needs to improve but I think just combined with the fact that Brugerina went out and got him uh he has performed well previously I would expect to see plenty of him and kind of hopefully see him work through this uh but he definitely does need to kind of raise his game if he does want to continue because if not, again, once the revs hopefully get healthy, we see Nacho Heal or Tommy McNamara get some playing time. And also, too, maybe you get a youngster getting playing time. So, need to see more, but I wouldn't be calling for his spot. I think, you know, we'll definitely still continue to see him get a run out.
0: I think he'll continue to get minutes, but I don't think, I do think a spot in the starting 11 is certainly, I think it's, a, it's always been a question mark, right? Because No Buck has played so well that if No Buck was healthy, I don't know if that Blessing plays this game. But I guess the, the complicating factor here is. The formation the Revs play, right? Because neither of them. I mean, Latif Blessing used to be a winger. He hasn't been a winger in several years. He's, and He became a much more successful player when he had became a central midfielder for LAFC. Uh, so I guess if you if you want to play someone that can sort of play as a winger. Maybe that's blessing. We've seen Bruce play Buck there as well. I think maybe on, on paper it fits Blessing more, um, but I, I don't know that when everyone's healthy, or even when not everyone's healthy, even when just Buck is healthy, that Blessing spot in the eleven's safe. And then if in some world they bring in Win Yama, I think Blessing spot definitely is 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 kind of gone from the starting eleven. He's going to be a bench player. Uh, but no, I, don't, I think maybe of all the, of all the guys that you'd pencil into the starting lineup for the revolution maybe even in, in this game ignoring that Jawan jones is missing during the left back situation that his is probably the one that's most questionable
1: yeah i mean i i just think the factor that like bruce rena you know, went out and got him especially now that we're watching Ben Swick absolutely sit on the sidelines uh is gonna have him motivated to continue to run him out i think it also is interesting to see obviously like when Nolbuck's healthy if what he continues to struggle. Maybe what happens to someone like Ema Boateng, but again, Ema's stepped in and done great. And I think a lot of it too is like you mentioned, formationally. Um, but f- I just feel like Noel Buck and Matt Polster have kind of you know played well together, and maybe it can maybe a young player like Buck could replace Polster and what he brings to the table. But I do think that's that veteran experience that Polster has does make him a valuable asset. Uh, I don't know. I feel like Bruce Arena is really hoping for a
0: Lateef Blessing to fit in. Yeah, I think I think everyone is, yeah. but uh, to, to me, the the chemistry between, like you mentioned, between Buck and Pulsar, and the, especially recently, has been really, really good. The two of them kind of know when one goes forward, the other one stays back. So I, I, I think the two of them kind of have to start when they're healthy, and then I don't know where that leaves Blessing necessarily. But Yeah, and
1: then obviously, you know, Wanyama, maybe you play two, two D mids and have someone like Buck maybe go... Yeah, you cannot play all four of those guys. So, a guy, as just with, you know, how Bruce Arena likes to be Bruce Arena, it wouldn't surprise me if he's like, I'm not going to play this young kid, Uh, which I don't think would be the right decision. But, so, it's very interesting. Bruce Arena has a lot of selection and tactics, which he does not love, that he has to consider.
0: Well, Porter on Discord also asked, what do you make of these subs? I'm not going to answer that one because we already <laughs> answered that. Bruce um, answered the <laughs> for it for you, But he also said, with four games until the League's Cup, how many points are you expecting? So we get a lot of questions about points before the League's Cup, one way or the other. I'm going to pull up the schedule quickly yeah. so we can actually go through it. We know next week is away at Cincinnati going to be a tough game, but Cincinnati, as we mentioned, missing a lot of guys defensively in the attack. So it's a weakened Cincinnati team, missing more players than the Revolution are from from international call-ups. Uh, that's, so that's a tough game, but also maybe not as tough as it could have been. And then the Revs are at the Red Bulls uh, after that. Red Bulls had a big win today. Um, they're still a team that I don't know what to make of, but they had a big win today. And then at home against Atlanta and then at home against D.C., before the league's cup so those are your four games two road games at cincinnati at new york and then home atlanta dc uh, possible uh, you know out of a possible 12 points from those games how many do you think the revs get
1: i definitely feel like when it comes to i don't know red bulls are just such a wild card like i feel like they should be getting three points there but obviously away games in mls uh i'm just gonna break it down in because my brain is my brain uh i feel like If you get a point against Cincinnati, you should be happy. Uh, The Red Bulls are the Red Bulls. I would like to see three points, but I I think just the away factor is you know you want to get a point there, and I think you have to win your home games. So I think that's about like eight points you'd want from your team. So I think if you get nine, you're you're feeling quite well. But I do think one of those away matches, or maybe you know a team like Atlanta United comes in and you draw with them, I think you, you could see. You know, the Revolution have some draws, but I think you, especially those home games, you want to win. If you're able to beat a team like Cincinnati, that would be great, Uh, but even shorthanded, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that. Uh, So it's going to be interesting because obviously when you go into the Leeds Cup, it's this different competition It kind of interrupts the flow of everything. We don't know what Bruce Arena is going to do in terms of how he's going to trot out a starting 11. Is he going to go all for it? Are we going to see all the kids play and uh, Josh Bowl will finally get some playing time or what have you? So it's going to be interesting to see that, but I think you definitely have to at least get, get two wins out of the next four games.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think the Cincinnati game is going to be very interesting because I don't think you're ever going to have a more opportune time to beat Cincinnati at home. Cincinnati is 10-0-0 at home, which is a league breaking, insane record to be, to have that at home. But, you know, they've lost three nothing today. Uh, so, you know, disappointing result for them. They're a vulnerable team. I think right now more so than they have been at any other point this season. So, I'm not ready to say the revs are going to win that game. I think if, like you said, I think if you get a draw on that match, that's a pretty good result. But if the revs do win that game, that is, if the revs are looking at the supporter shield, or, or if they're looking at even the, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, I mean both of those right now are held by Cincinnati. Um, you know, winning that game puts them only four points back, and they lose that game, they're back to ten points back. Um, you know, tie doesn't kill them but I, so hypothetically i'm gonna say they're gonna tie in that game and it's gonna be a big result for the for them new york that's always tough maybe they tie that game and then like you said the two home games the you know the revs have been playing really really well at home you know maybe they win both of those so i'll i'll go ahead and say eight points would be a really good uh result out of those four games i could i see them getting somewhere maybe between six and nine points if i was to kind of put a range on it um and, and any of those would be you know decent results for the revolution or at least would keep them still in kind of a higher seed going into end of league's cup and i I, like you i don't know what the rose are going to do with League's cup i don't don't think bruce arena is going to care that much about it but i also think that the revolution still needs to kind of figure out their best formation and give get guys form and consistency and it's a long gap between league matches um if you don't give your starters some some time in that so i I don't know how bruce arena handles that
1: yeah i mean bruce arena actually has been quite not quite vocal, but he has mentioned that he isn't exactly the biggest fan of the tournament, interrupting the entire regular season. I do think it could provide an opportunity for someone like Rioni to get a real run out of minutes, uh, but really, that DC United game, I feel like you kind of have to win that going into the All-Star break. DC United, you know, i have been iffy, obviously you've got uh but I think that's definitely a game you should win, and if you're able to go into the All-Star break on a high note, that's definitely what you want, and especially with those away games those home games you just have to win that in mls you have to win your home games especially if you want to be you know an mls cup contender
0: all right we got one last question we're over an hour but we got one last question to get through gustavo lopes on twitter wants to know any thoughts on the bee situation and how should we prevent another situation like this Th- thanks to gustavo for his ace reporting on the bee situation yeah, yeah. thank
1: you uh shout out to caleb too uh caleb pongerance i believe you mentioned they were endangered bees uh, so you know we had the beekeepers there. There was photo evidence of beekeepers. I would not would have been a player walking out of that. I would have been petrified personally. Uh, but yeah, I mean maybe it's because of the construction. I don't know. But It bee- sounds like they th-
0: solved it. So the beekeepers got them wow, right? Because like, yeah. there was talk that they might have to enter through the other. I think Gus said they might have That's to enter through the, the other side there. of the tunnel. They didn't end up doing that, so I assume they. I assume they took care of it. But you know, good on them for for what we think is getting the bees out of there as opposed to killing them. Yeah, they didn't get them out of there like
1: that. They just uh, moved them to another location, which, I mean, they could come back. So maybe...
0: Because we all know how important bees are to... They
1: are. Have you seen the bee
0: movie? And yeah, I mean, they're... Jerry Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Shortage of bees. to protect them. What what do we do to keep this from happening again? How do you keep the bees out of Gillette? I don't think you can.
1: That's (laughs) nature for you.
0: (laughs) Is that gap in the stadium the problem there? Is is it the design flaw of Gillette?
1: I feel like bees are really innovative, industrious creatures. They did find a way. Bees find a way.
0: Well, on that note, any final thoughts?
1: Uh, I mean, that was a great question to end off, but no, Sean, thank you so much for having me. The flow of an in-person podcast. Absolutely amazing. Uh, And I always love being on Revolutionary Cap, so definitely appreciate it.
0: And where can people find your writing and on social media? Obviously, the Blazing Musket.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you follow the, the Blazing Musket at Blazing Musket. I'm not really on Twitter anymore. I just retweet and like stuff for fun. Uh, besides that, not really tweeting. So if you want my Revolution coverage, uh, definitely become a three. Or if you love it so much, become a paid subscriber to the Blazing Musket, where we're covering all things New England soccer, whether it be Hartford Athletic, New England Revolution, Revs 2, where you're, shout out to Nico Campazuno coming in. Goalkeeper coming in as a field player. That was amazing. Uh, Vermont Green FC. Rhode Island FC. We're we're covering it all, so definitely you know make sure to check us out there. Follow us on Instagram at the Blazing Musket. We have a YouTube channel now, posting stuff there. So definitely check us out, uh, the Blazing Musket. But yeah, follow us at the Blazing Musket if you want your New England soccer news. Check it out.
0: Speaking of shout outs, gotta give a shout out to Nicholas Firmino, Revolution homegrown, who got his yes, that was amazing. got a goal in stoppage time was for Atlanta on Wednesday uh get short-term call-up from from their mls next pro team that was pretty cool
1: uh that was was amazing shout out to uh nick firmino uh that i was actually able to kind of witness that not in person obviously but watching on tv and it it was absolutely amazing
0: well you can follow me on twitter at sean You of course follow the podcast on twitter facebook and instagram at revolution recap and please rate and review us on itunes spotify or wherever else you listen to podcasts of course, be sure to check out our friends at the Blazing Musket. Sam's writing there. Seth's writing there. So many good writers there. Greg's there contributing as well. Uh, thanks again to listening, for listening to Revolution Recap presented by BetOnline, and we'll be back after the Cincinnati game with another podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus.